Welcome to Space Nerds, your source for intergalactic science fiction and science fact. Engines primed, engage! Hey, hey, this is Alexandria. I'm Jane Smith. And I'm Douglas Gale. And I will be bringing you Space News, Star Trek, Duck Space Nine, Firefly, Black Mirror, and probably superhero stuff. Dystopian fiction! Who's excited? I'm Jesse Mercury, and I'll be your constant cosmic companion, bringing you the weekly space news and sitting down with these amazing friends to talk about science fiction. We are Space Nerds! What's up, Space Nerds? Welcome to the show. I'm here remotely with our dystopian fiction nerd, the lovely Miss Alexandria Henderson. Yo, this sucks. <laughs> Let me just go ahead and be honest for the audience. This is, we are living in a dystopian society right now where we're all trapped indoors. Yes. And, and the only thing that our government cares about is capitalism and they don't care about our lives. That's dystopia for you. Yeah, we are living in a dystopia. This is why I'm like, I've been dying to have you back on the podcast <laughs> so we can talk to our dystopian fiction nerd. Are, yes, you, uh, are you excited to be living in a dystopia? No, <laughs> I want to read about this shit, not live it. Yeah, that's my question. That is my question, because I think some people do want to live dystopia, but you're not that type of person. No, because I feel like it's the 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 appeal to dystopian fiction, fiction, again, I will say fiction, is that it's it's fiction, number one. And then number two, that we see, we get to see what would happen if do you know what i mean it's supposed yeah. to help us it's supposed to kind of be like a moral thing help us to like learn and do better by whatever you know what i mean absolutely i'm a thousand percent with you and i don't think we're learning any valuable lessons <laughs> yeah I too many know. people i know have been touched by this uh by the pandemic too many people yeah. too many people and like i have such incredible anxiety about even walking outside my door like i took the trash out last night and checked my mail and i was like i feel weird about going outside my house i feel weird when my family has to leave their homes i'm like stay and why are you leaving yeah and they're like i have to go get a prescription and i'm like damn it yeah go get your in yeah <sighs> um you know so i'm such an optimist and like i'm always looking on the bright mm-hmm. she's already shaking her head um <laughs> So in <laughs> in the Star Trek universe, there's like this global event that takes place that brings humanity together, which is making contact with another species. Uh, like it takes something global in the Star Trek universe for humanity to get their shit together. And mm. it happens af- in their Star Trek timeline. It happens after World War Three. So like the world is just kind of in a rough spot. And then all of a sudden they make contact with these, you know, creatures from another world, which changes everyone's belief structures about how they exist and who they are and allows humanity to, to really come together um, and do great things and create this utopian society. So I feel like, I feel like there's real wisdom in that, that it will take global events for humanity to come together I think climate change is a global event that we've been living inside of and not fixing for too long, and that terrifies mm-hmm. me. But now we are faced with a, a immediate global threat in the coronavirus pandemic, and it is you're you're right; it's affecting 
not just too many people, but literally everyone, you know, like everyone in the fucking world is affected by the coronavirus pandemic. So the entire COVID-19 because coronavirus is general. Oh, is it? Um, It is. I, when I looked up the word coronavirus in the dictionary, it like there, there are other diseases that fall under coronavirus because of the way that it's shaped. But COVID-19 is a specific one that we are talking about. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah. So COVID-19, this is, this is a global moment right now. Yeah. And my optimistic self is, is like, maybe this will help us come together and fix some problems because because of things like dystopian fiction where you know you watch i haven't seen the movie contagion but everyone's talking about it right now i'm not watching that no yeah. fuck it yeah no <laughs> so like a movie like that can show you how bad something like this can get to kind of scare people into action and now yeah. that it's happening on some degree on a very on the scariest degree that it's ever happened on a global scale where the entire world is affected maybe people will make some change maybe people will try to come together in some way and try to fix some of the infrastructure of the human race great yeah so i love your optimism um i do see that it is kind of bringing us together like i see um i don't know if you i can't even say i don't know if you've seen this because if you haven't you haven't been on social media because that's the one thing everybody and their mom are on social media right now. And it's so annoying. No one's doing anything. Uh, at least like in times when I've been at home doing nothing, I could go on Instagram and see somebody living it up, somebody having a party and somebody having a good time and be like, ah, oh, look at that life. But now I'm like, everybody's boring. Anyway, that was a, that was a complete digression, but on Instagram and on Facebook, I'm seeing people like, scream out of their windows at a certain time because that's when the the changes for the healthcare workers and so like woo, go healthcare people yeah and like i feel like that's bringing us together which is lovely yeah um i just heard about that the other night when uh i think it was andy's sister mentioned that and we like went out and did it you did it yeah we did awesome i did not because i think i was asleep i mean by sleep i mean i stayed in bed until like 7 p.m. yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, really sad times today. Uh, um, but so I can see us coming together in that sense, and that is lovely. Um, but I think this is also like I'm uh, a lot of my friends' posts on Facebook, and this is going to be inflammatory, so I apologize to our listeners in advance. But I'm seeing a lot of my friends' posts about how they're just now starting to see the woes of this government, and I'm just like, wow, like cis straight white folk really don't or who are able-bodied really don't know the bullshit that happens in this country until it's like directly affecting them and i'm just like oh like i've been black my whole life this is wonderful like welcome welcome to seeing the country for what it truly is yeah (laughs) but like it's it's wild to see how the u.s is like trash yeah yeah, there are like when dealing with this specifically, especially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a whole thing that I don't. I mean, people know what's going on. We don't need to tell them yeah. what's going on. Um, yeah. But, but you're right. I mean, people need to experience, you know, not people need to experience things going wrong in their lives to understand yeah. what it feels like for other people to not have what they need. Uh, and yeah, I mean, this is crazy. Like, we you can't buy toilet paper right now. I like th- that's the thing that's happening. Like, we couldn't even find it on Amazon. It's just there is no toilet paper to be bought. You know what? Andy told me about that too, and I 
I wanted to come up and drop you guys some on your doorstep, but I'm not sure how strict the stay at home thing is. And it wouldn't, cause I knew I wouldn't be like, Oh, I'm going to the store. I'm going to now sit on the floor. Sorry yeah. for our listeners. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so just so that you would know, Jesse, that's what I'm doing. I'm sitting on the floor. Great. Um, but I'm getting a nice tour of Alexandria's apartment right now. <laughs> you see a wall with a big paddle for all the naughty boys. Anyway. <laughs> You won a 2012 spanking contest? Is that what that no. is? No. It's from a, a sorority that I crossed in 2012. Uh, and like sororities and fraternities do paddles. Basically, it's like a symbol of hazing, but I didn't get hazed in this sorority. So thank God. Good. Um, I'm anti-hazing. <laughs> good. I'm so glad. I'm, you know. I'm taking a stand, damn it. <laughs> Anywho, uh, what was I saying? I sat on the floor. Oh, that's a great question. Hold on. I don't rightly know. I know this. Um, <laughs> we were talking about Americans not having... what oh, Toilet paper. Toilet paper. So I was going to bring you some and drop it on your doorstep. Right, right, right. Um, because I live alone. Don't come for me. If y'all come for me, I, I stay strapped. But like, I live alone, but I went to Costco like in August and bought hella toilet paper oh my gosh. before any of this happened. So like, I have hella toilet paper to give to my friends, but I can't leave my house. So well, you're going to, hopefully you won't get bombarded by podcast listeners being like, give me a toilet paper. Give me a toilet paper roll. Uh, I, I, mean, I appreciate that. We're right now. We are good. We, I will let you know if that changes. Um, thank you. And yes. also listed as a Patreon. All the Patreon people. <laughs> Some of Alexandria has a bunch that she's willing to donate to the cause. That's hilarious. Well, let's uh, let's get into some space news. What do you say? Let's do it. All right. Space news. All right, Alexandria, are you ready for the space news? I mean, I'm here. You're here. Here is in your house, not my house. <laughs> yes, I'm here as in... And this time he didn't have to teleport me in because we've got other newfangled technology that the kids are using. Yeah, you, I don't... Facebook. My teleporter does not have a, a biofilter that filters for COVID-19. So I couldn't bring you in. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, this is coming to us from sciencealert.com. Although a lot of places are reporting on this. Do you remember when we talked about an interstellar comet coming through our solar system? I do. Yeah. So we have an update on that story. It looks like that interstellar comet came all the way to the solar system to die. (laughs) Ah! (laughs) Your face. It's so good. Oh, man. Oh, that's funny! <laughs> that is so funny. I picked this for you. Yo, that is hilarious! Oh, that's funny. IP man. I know so your your pessimism. I knew this was gonna. Oh, that's so good. So good. <laughs> I'm so tickled. Ah, uh, that's funny. Well, let's learn more. A comet comet that entered our solar system from interstellar space may not make it out again. As it zooms away from the sun, 21 slash Borisov has been spotted spewing out material in two cometary outbursts. It's just throwing a temper tantrum and spewing out its own material. Help! Help! (laughs) He's like, this solar system sucks! Kill me! Get me out! I don't no. want the coronavirus or to I don't live. want to be here. 
these outbursts show that the comet is disintegrating, according to Polish astronomers from the Jagiellonian University in Krakow. I have no idea if I said that right. I'm assuming I did not. And the University Wait, of Warsaw. What's that? Curacao? Uh, the the name of the the comet country. Oh, it's in it's in Poland, but it's called the oh. Jagiellonian University in Krakow. Okay, it's, no, it's, okay. Yeah, in yeah, Krakow. Okay. Great. The behavior is strongly indicative of an ongoing nucleus fragmentation, which sounds very erotic. Um, oh, so, okay. 21, it sounds destructive to me. Okay, well, I mean, maybe I get a little more turned on by these sorts of things. Than you I, do. you know what? <laughs> Ooh, show me your nucleus fragmentation. I, you know what? I don't have time for this. <laughs> I got I'm nothing out. but time for this. All right. <laughs> 21 Borisov first drew the world's attention at the end of August last year when it was officially discovered whizzing through the solar system on a trajectory that indicated an interstellar origin. Scientists later poured through observation data and found images of the comet dating all the way back to December 2018. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Uh, this wealth of, wealth of additional data supported conclusions about the comet's interstellar origins and allowed for a more precise prediction of its future trajectory. All right, so I'm skipping ahead a little bit here. Um, it says, for solar system comets, it is known that dynamically new comets are 10 times more likely to disintegrate than short period comets, presumably okay. due to their pristine state and weaker structural strength. Um, that's a quote from a researcher, Zhangji Li, from the University of Maryland. Uh, oh. This would be seen as a change in brightness in the comet. And indeed, this is what has been observed. Between the 5th and 9th of March, 2020, the comet brightened twice. But although it may be the end of the line for 21 Borisov, a journey of an unconfirmed number of light years across space, it's not a sad one. As the comet disintegrates, observations of its spectrum will, will reveal its internal chemistry, including its cool. nucleus. Ooh, that's yeah, that's cool. cool. Yeah, it's going to be ripped apart, and we're going to look inside it as it happens. That's it. Autopsy! Boom! <laughs> It's an excellent opportunity to study the comet's guts and compare see? it to our solar system comets to That's see it. how similar or different they are. Since comets are thought to be a vital part of the emergence of life here on Earth, these oh. comet guts could help us discover if the ingredients That's for life it. are common in our galaxy. Yeah, it's super yes. interesting. See, this is why pessimistic things are really good for space news. Yeah. That comet came to die to teach us things. Yeah. Okay. It came all the way across the universe into our all solar system so that to we could die. learn about its insides. I like it. Yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the space news. That's the space news. Space news. And recording. <laughs> yes. We wow. had a lovely interlude that oh, y'all didn't get to hear. We had an interlude. <laughs> we always do this. We're like, oh, yeah, let's get this recording done. And then, like, let's talk about different varieties of cooter slams. Cooter slam! <laughs> I was telling Alex, well, I will share one of them, which is from Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, when Natalie Portman's character, uh, in the arena at the end, she, like, jumps off of this pillar and onto this crazy space beast that Anakin has tamed and she like lands from this high height and i was watching it with andy and she's like oh cooter slam 
Yes. Yeah. And then I described to Jesse what I believe a cooter slam is. <laughs> okay, we're just going to go in. Let's I'm, go. We're doing it, which is when <laughs> dancers lift their legs up and like stretch it up to like where their head is basically, and then they slam into a split. Or if like strippers get off a pole and they're like twerk, 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 and then they slam into a split. I had a clap so that people understood what the twerk uh, was. Twerk, twerk, twerk. Andy and I play a game called Twerk or Twitch, um, which is <gasps> sometimes I have muscle spasms <laughs> and if i start spasming uh like this is related to my weird health issues um if i start spasming when i'm like leaning over it with my hands on my knees because i can't stand up hey! it like, looks like i'm twerking get it, get it, get it, get it. so andy and i like sometimes when i twitch it like my butt like flies in the air and, and now we play twerk Yo. or twitch where she has to guess if i'm twerking or twitching so sometimes i just twerk to see what she thinks that's so great. You gotta, you gotta make the best with what you got. Make lemonade, man. Make lemonade. Yeah, if life gives you muckle, muckle spasms, that's muckle like spasms. A, you gotta twerk a twitch. Yeah, exactly. There you go. We also talked about what Nintendo games we've been playing for a while. Alexander's playing Stardew Valley, and then we're like, "This is no, this I'm is." I'm sorry, I'm playing Stardew Valley. You're playing Animal Crossing, <laughs> and then we decided to make it a Patreon bonus content. So we just recorded a, a bonus podcast for Patreon. Woo-woo yeah so that'll be there and we we are yet to have any patrons sign up but i'm still hopeful i am yeah you yeah. know patrons go ahead and sign up uh, there's a bonus roll of toilet paper in it for you uh <laughs> i did get a new uh well a returning patron on my um music patreon so awesome. amanda amanda thank you so much you rock shout out amanda you're amazing yes she uh yes she was a patreon and then uh, just like re-updated her stuff and is back into it. So I'm, I'm stoked about cool it. Cool beans. Yeah. Okay, we are here. We are gathered We're here this virtually today to talk about Black Mirror with our dystopian yep. fiction nerd. And we're going to talk about two episodes today. We're, yeah, because the first one is trash. I loved it. I loved the first Good. one, but I don't feel like we have much. I don't feel like it's going to take that long to talk about. Whereas true. the second one is like, there's so much to talk about. Yeah, so true. we're going to start with the Waldo effect and then jump into White Christmas. Boop. Boop. Two W episodes for you today. Yeah. So let's start with the Waldo effect. How would you summarize this episode? What the fuck happens in this episode? So it's basically like a mascot from a, te- a television show who's like a jerk and like is, uh, and he makes, makes, um, what was the word? The, his whole persona is like making fun of people and and uh, and kind of just being a jerk. Um, and then someone tells him that he should run for. Oh, he's like making fun of the people running for office. Right. And then they were like, he should run. And the guy's like, no, I don't want to run. The guy who's voicing him's like, no, I don't want to run as him because he's trash and like this <laughs> yeah. is a persona and like we shouldn't. And like. I don't remember how it ends. Basically, like, someone else just takes over and... Yeah, so he's basically forced into running because the corporation owns Waldo, the character. And he has this, like, real-time performance capture rig. So he, like, will perform Waldo from, like, behind the screen. And then on screen, you'll see this character running around acting a fool. Looks kind of like a teddy bear. Yeah, it's like this little blue teddy bear (laughs) who's super raunchy. So basically the boss of the company is like, well, then I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to pretend to be Waldo. So yeah. he jumps in and starts doing it. The original creator gets pissed and, and like takes it back over and then runs for office against his will. Yeah, he does. Um, and he doesn't win, but he gets really close. And while that's happening, the American government gets involved and says, Hey, we think that you could use this 
to uh, as a propaganda tool um, in places like South America, where the United States has been doing a lot of propaganda for decades to ch- and like meddling in political affairs in South America. I never knew about this. I learned about this like two years ago from someone or actually next longer, like four years ago from someone I was dating at the time. And it just blew my mind. I was like, wow, America is just doing some shady shit. So I love that they wrote that into this episode that America comes in and wants to do some shady shit in South America with Waldo, this like despicable character. And the episode ends with the creator of Waldo, like homeless on a street and probably in Japan or something. And like Waldo's on these giant screens everywhere. It's this worldwide phenomenon that is used to affect political change based on the government or corporations who, who own it. And it's, it's chilling and it's extra chilling considering the fact that we have a cartoon president you know we do we have a reality tv show person in office yeah we do unfortunately i feel like this episode while i really enjoyed it it doesn't i don't want to like dissect it the way that i want to dissect other black mirror because it's really light on the science fiction and that's what really gets me going more politics yeah yeah It's got a really great political statement in it and a really interesting sociological statement as far as people being susceptible to the messages that are brought to them from media, which Mm -hmm. is so true. And I'm like, that's something that I have always believed and want to make positive change through by making positive media in some way. Um, Even if it's just something that like gives someone something to do or, you know, some voices to hear that are familiar. I think that's a positive effect, you know? Um, I hope anyway. I don't know. I get very self-conscious. <laughs> it's, it's not at all positive. Yeah. Thanks. No one. You're welcome. Great. That helps. Um, so, but, but the problem with this episode is that it's now too real. Like this was before Trump was elected, yeah. but now yeah. that Trump has been elected, it's become too real and it's a little bit depressing to dive into. Yeah. That's why I wanted, when we, we tried to do it a few different times, I was in a musical that was taking literally all of my brain power right, and, uh, and, um, and it made me, cause I was like always firing on all cylinders. Yeah. And finally, um, and then, uh, Jesse was like, Oh, we should record. And I was like, well, this episode is trash. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if we want to talk about this one because I just felt like it was too real for, for what we are going through present day. Yeah um it's just like if there was like a, a a black mirror about a pandemic like it would be yeah too much to watch and comment on right now while going through it totally going through it going through it yeah <laughs> yeah it's i mean i actually really liked the episode i thought it was really prescient in a lot of ways um and i actually really i was really interested in the relationship between the female politician and the comedian who controlled waldo well, they had this one night stand, but then he is kind of like making fun of her on stage and then running against yeah. her. And she kind of, you know, puts politics ahead of their relationship and it breaks his yeah. heart. And then he goes after her publicly uh, as Waldo. And that was all really interesting. And like the the way in which public life and personal life can overlap in complicated and, you know, detrimental ways, I think is really interesting. Um but this episode had almost no science fiction in it because the rig that he's using to control Waldo, I read that was real. That like, yeah. th- that was actually the motion capture software that that and hardware that they were I using. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I, I'm not 100% sure that's true, but that's what it said, that this was real. And then if you think about like Animojis on iPhones, that's fucking Waldo. 
Like that, yeah. that software exists right now. You're right. Yeah. Well, let's 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 get into White Christmas quickly. But before we do, how do you rate this episode? Uh, six. A six. That's not bad. Yeah. Because it's no pig fucker. Yeah, it's much better than that. It is, but it's still kind of like not, and it's well done. Yeah. I just think it's trash that I think, I think the situation is trash. Yeah. And I like, I like when a show, so like similarly to white bear, not white Christmas, but white bear. I like when this show presents trash situations in a way that makes you think about them yeah. and makes them upsetting and frustrating in a way that feels like it is just like either realistic or one step away from realistic yeah, because that sh- this show does that really well and makes you think about your p- current political system and your political views and look at the politicians that are talking to you. Like, how are they talking to you? Are they, are they a person or are they a character? And it's up to each individual to decide about every politician out there, like who they trust, who they believe and who they think is going to be able to lead. And, you know, being a, being an over the top character is popular and it's exciting and fun. Uh, for yeah. some people and like people are so sick of the political establishment that they'll vote for someone like waldo or vote for someone like you know donald trump yeah who or they think because they think oh this person says what they feel this exactly. person is, this person's so real this person is a, they're not fake like the other ones which is funny because right because they are, people can be looking straight at you and to your face right but because they're using like if they're saying yeah fuck this and fuck but because they're using that language you feel like oh right. politicians would never use that language so they must be speaking the truth and it's not it's not it's not right and- that man called the COVID 19 the chinese virus I my know. dude I, like, I i watched that press conference when trump called COVID 19 the chinese virus and i was so upset i mean yeah like we said we wouldn't talk about this but Sorry. It's awful. You know, like his response to the the pandemic has gotten better, but it was so awful at first that it like cost people it, it cost has people cost their people their lives. It's cost people their lives. It has cost people their lives like because he is not qualified to be president because he is a, a TV character, you know, like the Donald Trump that we know is a TV character. Like it's based off of the real guy, but he is a TV character. He has been for years. He was on the Celebrity Apprentice, he was on all this other shit like um and I, I can tell you from experience that there is no way to be your absolute, like, truest, realist self on stage. Like, you perform, you know? Like, even in this podcast, like, I'm always aware that we're recording this for other people to, to listen to. I'm aware of the listener being there, and that alone changes the nature of the conversation. I think in You're a positive right. way for a podcast, but uh, it's not like we're being fake on the podcast, but we are in a way trying to perform a good conversation. You know what I mean? Right. And it's yeah. hyper real, a hyper realized version of ourselves. Yeah. Like we don't, we're, you know, we don't really get along that well. Outside I honestly of don't like this man. So yeah. I don't understand why we even do this, but you know, I'm talking about he's my friend or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we just talk about cooter slams. Often. We talk about, cooter, we talk about a lot of other things yeah. too. We do. We did, which I won't bring up. <laughs> no, I mean, either. Uh, and that's what I'm talking about is like, there's a layer of, of reality that we wouldn't share. Yeah. That is just for us as friends outside of because the podcast. Co- common decency. That's right. what I'm looking for. Right. Right. So, but maybe they would think we're more real if we decided to talk about that stuff. Like when we started talking about yeah. colonoscopies. Right. Which ended up on the patron cast. You know what I mean? Like w- maybe they'd be like, oh my gosh, I love this podcast because they're so real. Yeah. And you know, I, 
I think that we are real on the podcast to a, no, we're to, not. A, to a to the <laughs> to the the highest degree that I am comfortable with. You know what it's I mean? fine because I feel like professional, but that's also the veneer of professionalism, though. Right. Like, so Absolutely. then are we all? We all do this. We Absolutely. all call switch. We all figure out like there are ways that I talk to people that I don't talk to you, that I don't talk to my parents, that I don't talk to right. jobs. Right. Like it's all we all put on different facets of ourselves for whatever we are doing, right. for whatever is appropriate to what we are doing. Yeah, and I think Waldo's actually like a, a perfect example of this because that guy who plays Waldo is depressed. He is like this sad sack of a human. Mm-hmm. He is not super charming, but when he's Waldo, it frees him. He's to, bold. Yeah, he's bold. He's daring. He says what he feels. and He's, he's uncensored. A, uncensored, yes. And a, a level of reality comes out of him that is not his real self. Yeah. And, and his real self is not at all qualified to... to to be a, an elected official or to lead. But, right. but people think that he is because he has this uncensored realness as a cartoon character. And that's like that's the dichotomy of, of public life that I'm trying to talk about here that I think that the episode really captures in a really powerful way. And, and I feel like would help someone understand why Donald Trump is so dangerous. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's why I give it a six because it's not my favorite by yeah. any means, by any the imagination. But I don't think it's terrible. I don't think it's very science fiction-y and I just feel like it's just more, it's more dystopian, but it came true. Do you know yeah, what I mean? totally. Which is interesting. So, and so soon after it was made, it came true within mm-hmm. like years of it being made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would give it like a, I would give it like a six and a half or a seven, I think. I really mm-hmm. liked it. I really liked it a lot. I miss I miss sci-fi in Black Mirror when it's not there because, you know, I'm like, oh man, where's my sci-fi? But Yeah. But this was such a but I also love like sociological fiction. And that's part of why I love sci-fi is examining society, you know, examining our present society through the lens of the future society or future technology, but also like in this case, it was examining present society through the tools that we already have in present society. And that was really well done and really cool. And I really dug it. Yeah. I think that this one is not very well received in the Black Mirror fandom as a whole. Yeah, there are a couple like that. I think as we get further down into the series of different seasons, I'll be interested to, see, to hear what you think about other... Because I like as you were saying, like you miss a sci-fi in this one, I... I'm thinking the future reasons that I'm like, mm, I wonder what he's going to think about this episode and this episode. So, yeah. Well, if we're talking about sci-fi, White Christmas has the sci-fi. Segway this year to save me from tears. I'll give it to someone special. White Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, White Christmas, let's do it. Let's talk about it. What yes. an episode of Black Mirror. What I, an episode. I want to say up front that while I loved so many of the concepts in this episode, yeah, I did not like the episode as a whole. I felt, yeah. like, I felt like they played with so many fascinating, wonderful things. Uh-huh. But what I love about Black Mirror, I th- I already said this today is that like you just tweak reality just a little bit or even in a way that feels like in a way that's extreme but feels like it could happen like 15 million merits. Mm-hmm. Um like that teaches you something about humanity. But if you tweak humanity in a, in a way that doesn't feel 
like it could happen or doesn't feel possible or feels like this isn't how humanity is, then it kind of breaks the experience for me. Yeah. And at the end of this episode, when um, John Hamm's character is blocked to the entire world, mm-hmm. it's like the, the practicality of that just doesn't make sense. It's like... It's true. Like he can't function in society anymore. At so, all. Like what is he supposed to do? Yeah. So what's the point of this punishment? Just like put him to death if this is what you're going to do, you know? Yeah. Um, so... Not that I'm, at, I'm, I'm absolutely not advocating any of these forms of punishment. Um, I think the idea of blocking someone temporarily would have been interesting and kind of fixed that for me. But I felt like this episode went too far with its concepts to the point where I couldn't, I couldn't like extrapolate a a, a useful message from it in a way. Does that make sense? It does, because you're trying to figure out like where on what side you stand, right? I just inhaled and <laughs> Oh god, it's the coronavirus. Woo! No, I inhaled and choked. Excuse me, it's COVID-19. Um, so so bad. Um <clears throat> And then I tried to like clear my throat and start talking, but it ruined me. Uh it's like you don't know where you stand on For example, like what do you think about the girl inside of the egg oh my god that was so disturbing right so because you really feel like she's a real human but she's just a copy of the human's brain yeah oh my god so the real human is out there but do you know what i mean yeah oh 100 yeah so you don't know what who you're actually rooting for because it seems inhumane but the person in the egg is not a person yeah it's a copy of the brain from the real person who's right how who, who's operating a smart house i felt like it was absolutely inhumane and despicable and disturbing and, and, and when they went into it later in the episode when the 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 guy that they were trying to get to confess they like turn mm-hmm. up his time meter to like a thousand minutes a thousand years a second or something yeah i'm like this is just too much like this yeah. is too far like the human beings aren't this cruel, you know? Yeah. Well, I guess they are that cruel. And oh, maybe, well, maybe it's just me being a fucking, you know, w- optimistic soft. little precious cupcake that I you're, am. You're so sentimental and so off. Yeah. Okay. A little moist cupcake. Let's, let's try to summarize this episode, which is a little tough because it's like several different stories combined into one episode. Yeah. So we start off with John Hamm's character in a, in a cabin with another character, like another character walks in. Do you know who that character's name is? I don't. I don't remember either. Um, and he comes in and like, John's making breakfast. And so it's like, are you ready to now? And it's like a no type thing. I don't know. It just feels like, Oh, these people are in a, sharing a cabin. Yeah. They've been like working together for five years, but haven't really been talking to each other. Yeah. And so he does, the guy doesn't know, let's call him John. Damn. His name is John. <laughs> Here, I'll look it up while while you're talking. Good. So the guy doesn't know what uh, John's character does for a living, and so they're trying to like talk through and like get to know each other. And John figures if he talks to this other guy and like opens up, then maybe that'll get the guy more. And we're all just kind of like, okay, what is he, what are you trying to get from him? Why do you want him to talk? We don't know. So we start learning more about John and what John does. And John created this or works for a company that strips people of their brains yeah 
So basically you can sign up to uh, go into the hospital, have a piece of your brain like stripped from you. Like a co- brain, like your a psyche, digital, like a copy of like a digital yeah. copy of your consciousness. Put into an egg and then that egg will be used as like a, a super hyper fast forward time Alexa for your house. Yeah, it's like a personal living Alexa. Yeah, like, inside of an egg. That's yeah. also you. Yeah. So I, so as Alexandria, you. would have me in an egg, my co- a copy of my consciousness in an egg, because that person knows it knows me through and through and knows how I like things. So would know to turn on my heat before I came into the living room. So when I talked to Jesse, the, the living room would be warm. Would know how I like my toast. Would know uh, what songs I want to hear when I'm getting ready would know like all the things and just and work it and have it working before you even have to say Alexa do this Alexa do that your consciousness egg can uh do the things for you but the problem is to train the consciousness egg because the consciousness the person inside the egg believes that they are a real human so they're like why am I in this egg and so then they refuse to do anything because they're like no I you're not going to make me a slave I'm not going to do it and then he like punishes this conscious egg consciousness egg ce let's call her cc so then they so he punishes cc by like putting her through like oh let me also explain inside this egg is nothing it's like all white a chair and a and a a dashboard what are those things called like a control panel yeah where you can control all the things thank you console that's what i'm looking for so it's all white, like medicinal white. And so they only get a chair and that console and then a screen that shows you what's happening outside of the egg. Yeah. So John is like, do this. And she says, no. So then he puts the, he turns the egg off and puts it on like, Oh, then I'm going to make you experience a year. And in the two seconds that he's like, eats a piece of toast or whatever, she experiences a year in solitude, like solitary confinement in this white egg. And it's a year of like, day, night, day, night, day, night. So the light is going on and off, on and off, on and off on her. And so when we come back in, Cece is like bed raggled, hair all over the place, but like, I'm still like afraid and like, I'm still not going to do it. So he does it again, even more years, even faster. And then she's like, I'll do whatever. Like he basically, basically breaks her down. And yeah. then she's like, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And then he says, great, control the house. And so yeah. she just, the her whole existence is controlling this console and making everything perfect for when when real her gets out of bed and like turns on the heat and does this and does that like you know what i mean yeah it's really it's a really interesting episode i would encourage all of the people to watch it um because as i was re-watching all the episodes for these podcasts um i said that white bear was my favorite but i actually really enjoyed white christmas too because of this because of this and it's like it makes you question like what is humane what is inhumane do you feel like that's inhumane, even though it's not really a person? It's just this dream of consciousness from that person. Like, it's wild. Yeah, I was. this was something that I was just talking about recently. I don't know if it was on the podcast or not, actually, about, um, like, if you could digitize your consciousness, would it be you or would it be a clone of you? Like, if you could put your right. digital consciousness into a virtual reality world where you could look... Um, any way you wanted to and you know like you could be your own avatar in like stardew valley and just exist in stardew valley and everything would look real like you could do that if you could digitize your consciousness but would it be a clone of you or would it be actually you like would you move your consciousness 
into a computer? Is that a one-way trip? Or do you duplicate your consciousness so that like the real you exists? Let's say you're, you know, you're dying and you want to back up your consciousness. So you clone your consciousness, your body dies, and then you continue to exist as digital information. Like, would you do that? You know, like, that's such an interesting question. Yeah, because I feel like this is a copy. It's not, yeah. it's not, uh, it's not her moving it because a woman is right. still, human CC is still getting out of bed yeah. and well, doing in this all the show, things. In this episode, it's clearly a copy. Absolutely. Yeah. But then also, like, how do you reconcile that with the fact that humans are always changing? Yeah, it's like you have the same childhood and, and young adulthood as real you, but then you become a, like, you have all the memories of the real person, but then your life starts as a digital person, and then your experiences split off from there. Yeah, because then now real you is going to continue to live and experience and learn and grow and change, and and CC's in the egg, like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, yeah, and it's, you know, it's an interesting question, like, the relationship between mind and body, who are you if you no longer have a physical body? And if you have a body that is digital and you live in a digital realm, do you have a mind-body connection with your digital body? Like, is is the, the mind believing the body is real enough to feel real for that person? And if so, then, like, then that, to me, you know, I mean, even if not, like someone with all the thoughts and emotions of a human being, even if they are in a digital space, I believe should be treated with the rights and respect of a human being. And I believe that all human beings should be treated with rights and respect. When we get to season five, re-listen to this podcast episode. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, interesting. I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, the, I was definitely siding with Cece. I'm like, you can't. Like, this is so cruel. And it's interesting that um, the person who chose to do it was the real woman. Mm-hmm. Where she chose to have this done to her, even though, like, a version of her will be tortured into submission. Um, she still chose to do it. I just found that fascinating. That, like, in this whole episode, you know, John Ham's John Ham's character seems completely disconnected from emotionality. Oh! 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 Yes, go. Keep- did you just remember the sex club? Because we have to talk yes! about that too. Yeah, the beginning of the episode, John Hamm is running this bizarre sex club. It's like dating, it's like a dating app. Yeah, where like a guy gets five other guys in his head to tell him what to do, how to make a move. You know, if you're if you're socially awkward, you can subscribe to this service. Yeah, where like men will be in your head and say, "Do this, do that, no, do this, do that," and then John is like the point man, saying like, "Go up to her. When you go up to her, talk to her friend. Completely ignore her." She'll come and find you, like, all that other nonsense. And, like, right. trying to help a guy learn how to be not socially awkward and get laid. But, like, not really get laid. I think I think for John, it wasn't about getting laid. It was about matchmaking. I think for him, it's about the thrill of, like, manipulation. Like, John Hamm's character just seemed to, to mm. like to manipulate the minds of others. Um, and he likes to, you know read body language and and like learn a person through how they're acting and then learn how to get what he wants from them because that's what the whole episode really comes down to i mean yeah. even even in the end of the episode when it's him trying to get a confession out of this you know his supposed co-worker There's so many layers which, from yeah, this. we'll get to that but but yeah in the beginning he's just like w- describing to his co-worker how he used to run this sex club and there was this guy who you know he sees through this guy's eyes they have some sort of 
sci-fi implant in their eyes, which allows someone else to kind of see what they're seeing. It's very similar to the grain in uh, a couple episodes back, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like a live stream of someone else's life. And then he's in his ear telling him what to say, telling him how to act. And, you know, this guy's basically walks into a party. He's like, this is the girl I want to hit on. And then John Hamm's like, okay, this is how you do it. And then that girl ends up having, um, some sort of schizophrenia where these voices are telling her to kill herself and then she thinks that this guy has voices in his head also, so she kills him too. And John Hamm is just like watching as this fun sex club turns into a double, like, turns into a murder suicide. And it's just like really disturbing. And this is something else that really bothered me about the episode is that I don't like that um, mental illnesses are always stigmatized like this yeah. in media, where it's like, oh, this person has schizophrenia, that makes them a murderer. What's weird is that I didn't, I don't think I ever put together that she has schizophrenia. I thought she had the dating app in her brain too, but it just oh. didn't go well. I thought she had women in her oh. brain telling her to do and that it just wasn't taking well. Like she wasn't taking that part of it well. That is That's what so I thought. interesting. I didn't even consider that possibility. That's really interesting. I didn't know if they had explicitly said that she had schizophrenia. They didn't. So. Okay. That's I why was... I thought like, she was like, so you hear the voices too, but like she. She had sat, signed up for this thing, but then just didn't like how it was telling her everyone, yeah. everyone at the same time. Because, you know, in the guy's head, there were like a million other guys. A couple of them were like disgusting and trash and saying like, do this, do that. And so I wonder if she just didn't take well to the women voices in her head telling her yeah. how to handle this dating situation. That's what I thought. That's interesting. I, I assumed that the writer was trying to say that she had some sort of mental illness that was making her hmm. kill which bugged the crap out of me. Of course. I, I like your version a lot better. I I, I mean, your version to... makes sense for why there would be a murder-suicide, but I thought, yeah. that's what I thought the well, whole I, time I, I watching want, it. I want your version to be what the writer intended, but I have a feeling that it's not. You know, I have a feeling that they intended it to be, um, like, mental illness. But what I You're like right. is that I think that both readings of it are, like, factually based off of what was presented in the episode both readings could be accurate and i you know that's something i love about podcasting with people is like hearing how they experience the same thing differently right Um, especially when it's something that could be true you know they could be that that's what she experienced and that's it just wasn't explicitly stated in the episode um yeah but like for me like feeling like it was a comment on mental illness like really bothered me um and really kind of made me angry at the episode and I think that would make sense if that's what they were saying. Like, I'd be yeah. upset too. Like, don't put that stigma on people again. Like, it's it's a trope that's too, it's played. It's played out. Right. I mean, there are people with voices in their head and those people are oftentimes just, you know, in need of help and care and love just like the yeah. rest of us. So, yeah. yeah, let's not like demonize them. I It bothers me. Um, yes, but that whole sequence was crazy where he kind of, you know, he like relates this story of this sex club to his coworker John Hamm's character, and then tells him about what he did for work, which is when we meet the CC and the egg. Yep. And then after kind of opening up for the first two thirds of the episode, it's the coworker's turn to, to talk. And I looked this up, and his name is Potter. Um, I don't know if oh. it's his last name, first name, but just let's, let's call him Peter instead because I like Peter better. Sure, let's call him Peter. <laughs> I like it. Let's call him fucking Vanessa. I don't care. <laughs> call him Vanessa. Um, Peter relates this story of being blocked by his girlfriend, which is something that kind of taps into these ocular implants that everyone has mm-hmm. that um, mutes your ability to see and hear them in the real world. So they look like 
blurry blobs and you can hear like a distant rumbling but you can't quite make out what they're saying um which is such a crazy idea such a crazy yeah. sci-fi concept what did you yeah. make of being blocked that was nuts I, oh my oh god my that god. scared the shit out of me hey andy just walked in the room hi um, andy and Andy this and I watched crazy. this together last night, and uh, Andy's. I asked Andy to pop in. How was your? Oh, you can't hear me. She's gonna hear you in just a second. Hold on, one second. Okay. I'm plugging in headphones now. I asked Andy to pop in and, and share her impressions of White Christmas with us, um, and you can just pop in on this mic if you don't mind. No, I don't mind. Cool. Hold on. Where do I sit? Uh, on his lap. On, on lap. his lap. Yeah. She's. Alexander's gonna get a my, show. My head. Your head is. Your head's too big. Well, no. hi, I, Andy. I, I've heard hi. that before. <laughs> um, hi. Ew, I, I just know. heard that, Jesse. So disgusting. Gross. Oh, that's not what I meant. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Dirty dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, White Christmas. Wow. Yes. I just, okay, you know what? I Before I get into impressions, I have a question because What's I that? was kind of, and I asked Jesse this, and he didn't. I don't think you had a takeaway in yet, but anyway. Ooh. Oh, there's Miles. That's a big cough from Miles. Yes. Um, so the part that I want to know about, so you know how when he's getting to the end of his story, when he's kind of confessing? Yeah. And John Hamm is like, he's saying, he's saying like, um, what, but what did they, or sorry, the guy, I'm not, I'm not very eloquent right now. The guy is saying, um, He's like telling his story and and then he says something, but they said, or John Hamm said, what happened to the girl? And he's like, well, they said, and then he stops. And then John Hamm is like pressing him to like say, no, what, what were you, what was going to, what happened to yeah, the girl? Like after he's confessed to killing yeah, the man. Yeah, he confessed to killing the grandpa. Yeah, and uh -huh. he's like, like pushing him to confess what happened to the girl and he's yeah. like well they say she didn't get very far or whatever that is like so what i didn't understand is are they also charging him with the murder of the girl or oh i think so oh you think so okay yeah oh interesting yeah. that's yeah. what i thought too even though it doesn't it, it, he doesn't yeah he doesn't say that but then it she's like in the backyard when he's looking out the window yeah because she because uh she runs away after she sees grandpa, she tries to go get help. Right. Yeah. And in the snow, she dies in the snow. Yeah. Yeah. So basically by leaving this child behind, knowingly leaving a child in a cabin alone in the woods is tantamount to murder. Except was she in the cabin when he killed her grandpa? Yeah. He, yeah. She was upstairs in her room. And he knew that she was okay. there. Yeah. I did not know that. Okay. And then he was saying, like, they say that she hid up there for days, but then when Boxing Day came, she knew no one was coming for her. So she came downstairs, gave her grandpa a handmade present, and headed out to get help. Creepy. And then, and then they were like, how? And then John Hamm is like, well, how far did she get? And he was like, not very far. And then he looks out the window, and there's that little pink coat in the snow. Yeah. And he's like crying, and he's like, so do you confess? And he's like, I confess, I confess. But he had yeah. already confessed to yeah, killing yeah, yeah. the grandpa. So I'm like, is that is that the story? Like, is there a part of the story we don't see 
where he I think that that is I think that he I think that he I don't think he killed the girl but I think he's responsible for the girl's death oh like yeah, neglect yeah, yeah. or something like that yeah yeah, yeah. bye guess, bye yeah and they needed him to say it out loud that he was aware of that fact maybe yes okay yeah yeah Andy oh. I, I have a question for you we were just talking about the blocking se- the sex club in the beginning oh. and how oh yeah like how the woman was saying she heard voices and she was going to kill them both so the voices would stop. Wait, the sex club? Yeah, where John Hamm is like watching. I didn't think it was a sex club either, but it was it was a date and the date turned into him taking the girl home. Yeah, and then like the other guys watched them have sex. You're saying the sex club being like the group of men who watch yeah. people have sex, not yeah. like that they were in a sex club. There it is. Right. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay, right. got it, got it, got it. Um, did you <laughs> sex think... Sex club! Did you think that they were trying to imply that this girl it's like the sex bugs from tuca and birdie sex club sex club everyone watch tuca and birdie it's a it's, fucking fantastic really show good. alexandra really you'd good. love it I think it's you, really good i do think you'd really one like season it. on netflix animated show tiffany haddish and ali and ali wong. wong created by women starring women it's okay cool fabulous yeah. it's wonderful yeah um my impression was that the the writers were saying that she had a mental illness and that's why she was killing this guy and that was bothering me because I felt like there was like further stigmatizing mental illness. Yeah. But Alexandra's read of it was that she had also done some similar thing where she'd had like people talking in her head and it hadn't gone well for her and it like had upset her. So like, yeah, so like how the guy had John and his crew, yeah. she had Jane and her crew in her ear saying, do this, yeah, do Space this, do Nerds that. Jane, very own Jane. Sorry, not oh, Jane, no! Interesting. Oh, Our fly yeah. zone. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's such a different read, but it's, yeah, it could, it could no, fit, and it's really interesting. I almost wonder, now that we're talking about it, if there is some... Um, like middle ground where it's like maybe not a crew of women that were like telling her how to interact with men, but you know how she's saying like something about the government. She said something about the government. She's oh, like, you're right. and they're watching me and they're da da da, which is a typical schizophrenic response thinking like oh. conspiracy theories in the government. However, about that. in this world, yeah. that's actually not a crazy thought because it, yeah. they are literally a chip in your head. Right. And so maybe the government is like controlling. But that, well, cause you're able to block people. Yeah. So the whole right. like being black and being able to like maybe, but she's not. Um, but so you just I don't cut out think, for a quick sec. What did you just say? Oh, I said maybe the fact that like you can block people, uh-huh. and maybe that is what she didn't take well to. Like whatever the oh, thing is in your yeah. brain that makes yeah. you be able to block people. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That chip. I like I like this so much more than the way I originally read it. Yeah, I think that I I like that more too actually, and I think like. Something that could be interesting is the malfunction of these chips in people's heads and mm. how maybe it does, it does lead to mental illness, but it's not, you know, I mean, just as mental illness isn't anyone's fault, like that, like some that sometimes something goes wrong and the government isn't taking responsibility f- for it, just like the government isn't exactly prioritizing mental health in terms of our system. Like, yeah. like, you know, it could be kind of an extrapolation of that. But I like the idea that it's not just that she's schizophrenic, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's that was one of my biggest issues with the episode. Was thinking sure, that. sure. What what is your before you went out on your jog? What was your, but <laughs> what was your like overall impression of this episode? Your overall thought about it? Yeah. Um. Wow. <laughs> you know, I always think it is interesting. Sorry, no, I have to stop Andy yeah. because we didn't even talk about the reason why he killed Grandpa. Oh yeah, I don't think he meant to. He didn't mean to, 
But the baby wasn't his. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right, right. Which I saw coming, by the way. Yeah, Andy called that before. That. Yeah, I was like that little girl's gonna turn around and not look like him. Yeah, we'll get we'll get because... back to our what we can get back to our uh, our recap of the episode because we haven't recapped that last spot yet. We'll get back to that. Okay, in a minute, right. I do I do want to hear Andy's impressions before she? Yeah. Takes off. Well, I think like in general, it's an interesting statement on like crimes of passion. Mm. and how um, how they would be probably highly increased if this sort of technology was developed. Because if you think about it, like blocking someone or being able to literally um, affect someone's visual experience of the world or of you from a remote control um, in terms of like breakups and, and the crimes that would follow of passion, like that would be so intense and it's it's interesting when he says in the sh- he says in um when they're talking at the table and he John Ham is like I can tell you're a good man and he's like I'm not a good man and John Ham says well maybe you're a good man that did a bad thing and mm. it's always like it's always interesting when a show explores tr- like something where you have a little bit of sympathy for someone that just murdered somebody, you know, not that I think it was okay or that that's the way he should have handled that whole situation. Um, But I feel like in a weird way, you feel bad for him at the end of the episode when he's like set on that setting where it's like a thousand years every minute or like he's, he, he is, viewed as insane and then he's driven further into it almost mm-hmm. and that whole idea of the me the like self-aware me that you create out of the chip that's in yeah. your head and like the torture that you put those those beings through and how like in the story that John Hamm was telling with that woman how that guy had so much sympathy for the the fake me person and it's kind of ironic later when he actually is one of those yeah yeah Yeah. oh that's true i hadn't put that together and how but like and i kind of felt bad for that because like that 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 i don't know that consciousness the idea of consciousness and how like in, if future technology develops where they can take your consciousness and duplicate it and it's like just as self-aware mm-hmm. and then they do whatever they want with that, like that's still torture. Uh, but I'm sure it would be up for debate. I bet a lot of people would be like, well, it's not because it's not really a person or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, Altered Carbon is a really interesting version of like of this type of idea where they everyone's consciousness is digitized and it lives in what's called a cortical stack, which is like a disc that sits in the back of your neck. So almost everyone has this installed because it backs up your consciousness. So if your body is killed, you can just pop your consciousness into another body and continue to live. Weird. Um, But you can also... Westworld! You can also move that consciousness into into the virtual world. And in the first book, and also in the first season of the show, there is like a sequence of torture that happens to the main character where they're torturing his mind and like outside of his body. Ugh. Um, which and this was such an interesting version of that where it's like you're either in your mind or I'm sorry white christmas was an interesting version of that where it's a little different where you're either in your mind or you're in your body but you can't mm-hmm. move back and forth it's like when you create a digital version of yourself it is separate and does not go back into the body like that mm-hmm. that's something that i haven't seen uh portrayed before which i thought was super interesting yeah oh yes I also, one thing I want to say real quick before I go is I thought it was also a very interesting commentary on homelessness and how often homelessness is is um, 
sometimes brought on by mental health issues and like us not having a system that knows how to take care of those people and help those people out of those situations. And, and a lot of people that are on the street um, have mental health challenges that are, have not been adequately addressed or they haven't been understood by their families. So they get thrown out or, you know, and they don't have, um, systems in place to help these people and i just thought it was interesting that they made his character homeless which oh the the guy at the end yeah they found him sleeping on the street right that's right yeah Mm -hmm. because after he committed this murder he like couldn't go back to his life yeah and he ended up just sleeping on the street that's right i'm not saying this isn't me saying homeless people are murderers this is me saying like a lot of homelessness is a failure of our mental health care system yeah which I think the show kind of touches on a little bit. And then also, then those people get institutionalized or put in prison. Yeah. Like, yeah. which is like, kind of what's happening to this guy, even though he did a thing that justified it in this case. Like, right. sometimes that's not what happens, you know? Even in the Waldo effect, the other episode, I, did you watch that with me? I don't think you did. Um, in the Waldo effect, the character ends up homeless in the end, huh. um, yeah. living on the streets of, I think it was Japan or something. Um, and. He, uh, oh my God, I just distracted myself. What was I saying? Living on the streets of Japan. He ends up homeless also. And it's like his life just falls in the shitter so much that he can't, that he ends up on the street, you know, Mm. like, because he's like so distraught that he can't care for himself. So in our system, if that happens to you, Mm -hmm. there is no one there to, to help or to catch you or to hold you up and help you get back to your life and back to being productive and back to joy. And like that sucks. Like mm-hmm. we should be there for each other. It doesn't matter if we're strangers. We should be there for each other because we're all human. Yeah, totally. Even our digital selves. Even I say. Our digital selves, yeah. Like if my computer starts telling me I feel a certain way, I'm like, oh my god, you feel? How can I help? Like, <laughs> like if my computer says that to me, I'm <laughs> like, Alexandria says is like, okay, you know, like a step too far. If the internet becomes self-aware, we need to be its friend. We can't make an enemy well, of it because that's how Skynet yeah, happens. It'll take over. If we can just show some compassion for artificial intelligence as it emerges, mm-hmm. because I think that it will someday, um, we got to show compassion for it because then like, it says a lot about us as a society. This is the uh, longest eye roll I've ever seen out of Alexander. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I hear you, but also like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I tell me. Okay, tell me more. No, tell, I, tell me. I, I feel like I, I feel like I can guess what Alexandria might go in the direction of. What you gonna say, Andy? Said, is that we've got to start taking better care of people that are in the world before we start taking care of artificial lives, right? Well, artificial lives don't <laughs> exist yet. I'm not advocating taking care of artificial lives over yeah. real lives. What I'm saying sure. is that if we have a attitude of compassion towards each other, yeah, um, then. Or, you know, I think that that would affect how we treat art- potential artificial life. You know, like if we that... are the type of society that treats artificial life well, I think that it implies that we have learned to treat ourselves well first. I hope so. But that... I think, but also, like, I feel like it's weird to talk about artificial life and having feelings in the same sentence. Sure. Because um, I think about, like, I am watching Westworld, and so I think about Westworld yeah. as well. It's a great example. Uh, mm. But I feel like with Westworld, they started giving you signs that, like, shit was changing. And mm. so it'd be like, I know, right, Miles? It would be like <laughs> if um, if my computer started saying, like, it had feelings, 
I probably wouldn't want it in my house. Uh, yeah, sure, sure. Let me tell you why. <laughs> I love dogs. I want a dog, yeah. but I can't see myself caring for a dog at this point. Mm. If my computer decides that it has feelings and needs to be cared for <laughs> beyond it just being there for my use, it is now a responsibility, and I think it needs to go to a place that can actually care for it. I love that sure. answer. Yeah, that's bring, bring me something that can that can do what I need it to do when I tell it to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas I and have keep your feelings at bay. Like I have a sixteen-year-old dog, and I love him to death, and he's and brought I so want, much joy to my life. I want and, a dog so bad. Yeah, like, and I love my Nintendo Switch. And if my Nintendo Switch one day said, "I love you too," I'd be like, "Oh." This is so good. I'd yeah, be like but so also, happy. You didn't buy that Nintendo Switch knowing that's what would like when you buy right. an animal, when you purchase an animal, you know, you're yeah. signing up to take care of something. Sure. And that's when why Andrea got her laptop. She wasn't like, and now I'm taking care of it. Here's my baby and I yeah. will love you. Right. I mean, because if you get mad, I mean, if my, if my laptop decided it wanted to get mad because I put it in a, I put it in a, in a backpack during Sister Act uh, uncovered and uh-huh. it got scratched up by a fork. Right. And like, can you imagine like it telling me, hey, this fork is hurting me? Like, I would, I would feel a way about that. And I, I want to choose to have a dog. Yeah. Because I love them and I will take care of them. But if my, I want to be able to put my thing down, put my laptop down and walk away from it and maybe not return to it for, because I need less screen time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. Also, your dog is probably not hurting you when you look at it. So there's that. Not usually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's so cute; it hurts. Is yeah, that what you? Oh, you're yeah. right. He's adorable. I I wonder if artificial intelligence would be like if it comes to be. Will it be created or will it emerge? Will it hmm. emerge from a system that is built to learn? Hmm. That like uh, you know has like learning algorithms that become more and more complex to the point where some sort of self awareness emerges from that. I want humanity to be open to embracing the autonomy and the consciousness of that and the way that you know data is talked about in star trek um Mm -hmm. like is he conscious is he self-aware this you know mechanical man um i want society to say yes to that i always do because like if we are able to i mean talk about like creating life that is creating a new life form and Mm -hmm. if, if humans succeed in that whether it's intentionally or not i think that we should you know be prepared for the consequences of that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, I do have to. I okay. do. You gotta go because Andy's over there squatting, yeah. getting her I'm workout like, in okay. before she even Ra- goes. <laughs> A- Andy, give us your quick rating of the episode. Oh, my rating on a scale of what? One to ten. One to ten. Ooh. Um, I'm gonna go. Uh, six point five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought it had some really interesting features. I thought it was really well acted. I thought that um, it was pretty white. <laughs> and I thought, uh, just in terms of casting. Which I think was, that that was woman was uh, pretty ambiguous. Who? Let me see what she, what she was. I think it's, which woman? Uh, Cece. Oh, Cece, yeah. The, the woman in the beginning was... Uh, Tonks oh, and there, guess, from Harry Potter. And there was Asian representation, which is, yeah. which is awesome. Um, yeah, but I think, I still think like... But like all the main characters are pretty much, white for the most part. Except the little girl and her... Oh, like, Charlie uh, Brooker wrote this one too. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, just apart from that, like just looking at it as, as an episode and a piece of 
writing or whatever. I think the only hard thing is I do, and sometimes this is just the way it is with Black Mirror, and I both Ooh, appreciate she's it. Spanish. Oh, oh cool. Cece was Her name is Una. She's the one that he goes home with? No, that's the Cece. That's the consciousness egg. I, I call her Cece oh. because consciousness egg. Oh, oh, Greta. Oh. Greta is the name of the girl. Oh, which girl? Greta is the name of the girl who has her consciousness put into an egg to got it. serve her human. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. Yeah. No, I think, I think um, something I'll just say in general is like with Black Mirror, a lot of times they do not show you an alternative or like... Uh, what do I say? Like it's they, dystopian. They don't show you the positive way forward. They yeah, show you the or negative the moral potential. or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And yeah. I think for just me as a viewer, and it doesn't mean I'm right, sometimes I need a little more of that because then I'm just left feeling so unsettled, even though in some ways that's life and that's humanity. And it's like, Real. you know, like with this Corona thing, it's like, okay, well, we're just in that that sort of floaty space of like we don't know where this is gonna head and it could be really bad and I mean it will be bad but you know I think a lot of people want to find silver linings or ways it'll get better or the things we can do while we're in isolation mm-hmm. and I tend to be an optimist so I tend to look for those things even though I know that isn't always the most realistic or even the most helpful in some cases like so I don't know I I'm I give it a 6.5 because I'm not sure how I feel Hmm. about it it wasn't it certainly wasn't like I hated this episode but it also wasn't like Mm. oh this changed my life you know yeah but I like some of the themes that it addressed and um and it was again like it made me uncomfortable but I don't necessarily think that's bad um like, I'm also just trying to be more okay with being uncomfortable in general. <laughs> yeah. Especially in this time, like, trying to disassociate a negativity from discomfort. Well, then you're lucky you live with someone who pokes your butt every time you walk by. Yeah. Really lucky. <laughs> I mean, she got a butt worth poking. Oh, she does. you guys. Okay, speaking of, I got to go run. Okay. But, go run and make that butt worth poking! But I want to say one more thing, which is, Alexandria, you look so beautiful. Thank you. You do. You got I am, that I'm going to submit hair. a video audition after this. Yeah. Uh, she's not just dressed up for the video chat. Well, I, she, she's just beautiful all the time, so I don't know. Very true. Um, all right. You guys are so kind. Well, I'm really glad I got to see that face. And hey. um, Yeah, I'm excited to listen to this episode and hear what more you have to say. Yeah. I'm curious there's a lot i know there is <laughs> there always is <laughs> all right See you all right thanks, i love andy. you andy have a good one we love you bye have a good jog Okay, um so we didn't summarize the last bit of this episode which is that john ham has basically been uh, oh we were talking about being blocked we we're talking about being blocked which uh-huh. I, I think we explained um, yeah so yeah john ham tells uh, like wants to know this his coworker's story. Yep. Um, and his coworker starts talking about how he was dating this woman who they got into this argument and she blocked him and she wouldn't unblock him. Um, and, and the, the argument, argument was like, he's in love with her. He wants to marry her. And she's uh, pregnant. She's pregnant. Yeah. And, and she, he was and, like, well, let's do what's, let's do what's right for this baby. Let's get married. And she was like, no, I really don't want and like basically trying to say no, but like not knowing how to say no. So they got into a big ass argument and then she blocks him. Right. Continue. Uh, and being blocked in this world, like until the other person turns it off, you can't see or talk to this person at all. And then, but he can see this like fuzzy outline of her enough to know that she got pregnant and 
and had a baby. And he mm-hmm. spends years stalking her and this child that he believes to be his. Um, and then eventually the woman dies, which like she dies in a freak train accident, which lifts the block. The guy goes to meet his child for the first time. Um, and it's not his child. It's obviously, it's, child. it's a, it's an Asian child. And it, he thinks back from to their, her coworker, their yeah. coworker who is Asian. Um, so he's like, Oh, this isn't my baby. And then he, in a fit of rage kills the baby's grandfather, his friends. Yeah. His ex-girlfriend's dad, um, by smashing this globe into his face. So Yikes. yeah, it's real dark. And then we find out that John Hamm is in like a virtual world with his coworker. Yeah. In one of those eggs. In one of these eggs. This is not the real man. This is a copy of the man who confesses to the crime that the real man who's been sitting in prison will then go to like stay in prison for. Yeah. Because he was homeless and wouldn't speak. He was like mute. Right. And so they're like, Oh, we'll get away. We'll find a way to make him talk. And like John, because of his role in the original, in the opening scene in the, in the death and the murder suicide, because of John's role, his, his his plea deal was to get this man to confess in order yeah. to not serve time or whatever. Yeah, because he this like what I've been calling a sex club was illegal, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and the episode ends with John Hamm's character being blocked to the rest of humanity, so he can't see or talk to anyone. anyone. And he walks out onto the street and he just sees a bunch of of shadowy blobs, static staticky blobs, yeah. and they see a red staticky blob. Which means that sex shows offender. that he's been sex offender block. Yeah, it's the scarlet letter block. So damn, I mean, there's so much that happens. Um, let's get into this, like we Potter, aka Peter's story. Peter at the end, like this whole idea of being blocked by someone in real life, where you're dating someone, you have an yeah. argument, and then you can never speak to them again because they block you. Yeah. Like, how did that make you feel? I I feel like I wouldn't mind it, but I oh feel like God. that <laughs> what. Wait, wait, wouldn't mind what? Wouldn't mind being blocking blocked? people. You wouldn't mind blocking people. Yeah. Yes. I mean, people probably would want to block me, but the thing is like, there are people that I'd be very comfortable not to ever see again. Yeah. I know who you, well, I know at least one that you're thinking about. <laughs> okay. So it would be lovely to not have to deal with that. Um, but I, something about what you said, and I can't remember if we were recording when you said it, but something about uh how far fetched it is for him to be blocked from everyone yeah, yeah. at the end john's character that i was just like i agree like there's no way for him to live how does he purchase things how does he how does he do anything he can't talk to anyone how does he live right and i'm an extreme extrovert this pandemic has shown me how much of an extrovert i am and how much i am craving being around my friends like yeah. this technology shit is great love it i'm so thankful that we can talk over facebook blah 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 but i miss being able to like hit my friends when i laugh yeah <laughs> or like lean real, on them you're a real knee slapper i am like yeah. i am like i am a t- i am a touchable i am a touchy feely person but not and it sounds so creepy to say but like i tangible friendships tangible connections like literally physically touching my friends Sarah came over last week for us to do our, um, uh, literally a week ago to do our opening night party for sister act RIP. And yeah. she came in and like went and washed her hands and then came back to hug me. And I like hugged her and like cried. Cause I was like, ah, I miss hugging my friends. Like yeah. this is trash. And like, so I don't, I feel like to be blocked on that scale would be 
horrific. So while I'm like, petty me is like, hell yeah, I block at least two or three people in my life. Uh, realistic me, I'm like, it's inhumane. Yeah, I don't like it almost at all. I think mm-hmm. that um, I think there are situations in which it would be appropriate. Um, but I think that for the most part, having to deal with our pain in relationships is how we grow as people. Yeah. And if you can just turn off a relationship entirely and never have to deal with the pain of it, I think that that is doing a disservice to the people. And in her case, never have to deal with the responsibility of it. She blocked him because she knew that her baby wasn't his. Right. And it completely destroyed his life. Yeah. And, and I, like, he never would have gone down this path where he ends up killing this man if he hadn't been blocked for years. Yeah. Thinking that Just he... Just tell the girl the baby ain't yours. Like, right. Tell the guy the baby ain't yours. Right, exactly. So sorry. And then let him break up with you and, like, maybe even block you. You're the one who deserves to be blocked. Yeah. Because you stepped out on your man. Yeah, like, totally. And he doesn't even know that until it's far too late. Far too um, late. Yeah. But, uh, but what I love about the episode, because I've been a little negative about it, but... I do love this about the episode is that it kind of shows the extreme nature of like blocking someone on social media. Mm. How if you can pick and choose who you interact with, it can have like massive repercussions because like if someone loves someone else, um, there's like so many unbalanced relationship relationships in the universe. Like sometimes someone loves someone so much, but the other person doesn't even think about them that much. Um, mm or like or love them or really even care for them that much and like sometimes someone will have to like put that person down hard and say look this is this is not what i want you know like i i don't want this relationship with you and that it hurts you know to hear that for the other person but hearing that helps them grow socially because it yeah. shows them how so, like sometimes you can come on too strong and sometimes if you back up and give people space they'll like you more instead of like desperately wanting to, them to like you to the point where you are kind of like forcing yourself in like that can be really damaging and it's important to learn that to build social skills and to learn yeah. social cues and all this stuff so um, like this is something about social media that's that is a little unsettling is that anyone can just decide to say anything they want um, and then block whoever has views that they don't like but mm-hmm. at the same time, people feel this freedom to say the shittiest things to whoever they want without repercussions. So there's like two ways that this is problematic and there's two reasons that people get blocked. It's like one, you're being shitty. Oh, and I heavily use that block button yeah. on Facebook. So many people are blocked. Block, 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 yeah. block. Well, what, are I some, got into a, what are some reasons huh? you block people? Let's see, I blocked someone uh, for arguing me down about... Uh, Blue Lives Matter. What is Blue Lives Matter? Oh, Jesse, let me tell you. Sorry, I my watch got caught onto my sleeve, and now I'm having. I thought you were just like doing a little dance. Nope. You're like doing a little ravey dance like this. Not at all. Stop it. I can't. (laughs) I can't even. Maybe I can take it off because I'm. I'm trying to take it. Talk about the dangers of technology, Alexandria. I know. I'm trapped. Sorry, y'all. I'm. What I'm going to do is take off my watch. You're in a pandemic and your watch is attacking you. This is Black Mirror. You are this living This is Black right Mirror. Now. Okay. Hold on. Are you free? There we go. I'm free <laughs> of my watch and now I can... You can feel free to edit this out and post. Uh, I won't. I oh, you won't? Very specifically, okay. I'm leaving this in. <laughs> That's great. 
Okay. It's it's the best part of the whole podcast. I'll take it out if you want me to, but unless no, you don't have to. It's fine. Okay, great, I'm gonna leave it. I just have some strings that caught onto my watch. Okay, yes. <laughs> uh, and I don't even know how it happened. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, oh, oh! Blue lives matter. Yeah. So, uh, black lives matter are about black people. Yes. Blue lives matter in reference to cops. Oh, right, right, right. I I have heard of this. Of course. I'm just so, a stoner. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. So the whole blue lives mattering, it happened around like, you know, cops were out here killing black people in the streets left and right. But then the second that some cops got killed, all of a sudden it was blue lives matter. Yeah. And so when people were arguing me down about how y'all only, I say y'all, it's a proverbial y'all, not y'all like you. Y'all only say any kind of lives matter in rebuttal to Black Lives Matter shows that it's a racist thing and not like you're actually caring about any of these other lives. Right. Absolutely. And the babies in cages at the at the border can tell you that y'all don't care about any other lives. Right. You just want to say that you just want to combat Black Lives Matter with, well, all lives matter or blue lives matter. If you're threatened by the idea that Black Lives Matter, <laughs> I mean, and the whole country, you have you can work through it because yeah. it's, it's hard to believe because we're not saying only Black Lives Matter, but we're trying to impress upon you that Black lives are being taken and they should matter. They do matter to us, right. so we want them to matter to you. Anyway, yes. well, off yeah, my th- I think that's super important to say because the disproportionate like level at which black lives are taken by police officers specifically yeah. is is insane it's absolutely insane and if you think about science fiction where you live in a police state where you are afraid yeah. of the police because they might kill you that oh, you is, mean like that is today? reality for that is reality in our yeah. country for people of color that is real and happening right now and people don't get it and that it's is the reason what, why like you know those there there i think there's possibly a fine for if you're caught outside doing things that doing things that are non-essential like the police if they if for, the police pull you COVID? over or something like that yeah, yeah. for COVID-19 and I was saying like I was going to bring y'all up some toilet tissue but I don't want to get pulled over period yeah like I just don't want to get pulled over I don't want to play yeah. the dice I don't want to roll the dice I don't want to play the game I don't want to see if maybe this is a good cop like I want no and and people think that Washington is so good because we're blue as far as being Democrat or Republican and it's not the truth we still have our fucked up cops. Like I'm not trying to be out here in these streets with these police officers who are trigger happy and now ain't got shit else to do, <laughs> yeah. but, but bother somebody. So, yeah. and like, this is you that has experienced this, you know, like this is one of, one of us, like one of the space nerds, one of like, like the people that we, this is part of this community lives this. Yeah. And, and so, it's, so, so I had someone who was, um, arguing me down because uh i although i've been pulled over i've never been killed (laughs) and so trying to say that my fear was irrational that literally when i see reds and blues in my rearview mirror like the anxiety that wells up within me like regardless of whether or not i've ever been abused by the system the fact that it is a possibility is what i was trying to impress upon this human being and they just couldn't get it and so they were arguing me down and i hit that block button real quick i was like you know what i am not here to educate you on what it is like to be black in america and you're not even listening to me when i'm trying to tell you my i am your friend i put in quotes everybody and i'm trying to tell you what i experience in my life and what i find 
scary and what what rids me with anxiety riddles me with anxiety fills me with anxiety and um and so i hit the block button for that i've hit block button for people sending me dicks i've hit the block button for people (laughs) who who fully and totally advocate for trump and all of his disgustingness and like you know we just need to pray for him he is the rightful winner of this, this election and I was just like black, and yeah. uh, I'm I'm black heavy, okay? Yeah, black heavy. I blocked the person that you alluded to earlier. I unblocked yeah. because I want to make sure that they know that I am living free and happy and wonderfully and wonderfully well. So if I ever get tagged in anything, they can see how well I am flourishing and how well their lives are not flourishing because I am not there to help make it better. That's what I'm really just trying to do with my life. Yeah, yeah. I wow. There's so much that I want to say right now. First thing I'm going to say. <laughs> There are a lot of people out there that might say, like, I I'm support Black Lives Matter, but I believe that all lives matter. And I feel like the name Black Lives Matter is saying that, like, I don't matter as much. And I just want to get in. I just want to say that, like, that is not true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. the idea, it, it's like saying that, like, feminism means that, like, men shouldn't exist, which is not true. Mm-hmm. Feminism mm-hmm. is saying, you know everyone should have equal rights and women don't have it. And we need to shout it because y'all you're not hearing us. And mm-hmm. that's what black lives matter is saying is like, you're not hearing us. We're telling you we're being killed by the police in our homes. You're not hearing us. Our lives matter as much yeah. as yours do. And that's like yeah. why we're calling this black lives matter. So, yeah. yeah. So if you, if you are out there and you, you know, if you're threatened by black lives matter, because you think it means that your life doesn't matter. That's not true is what I want to yeah. say. Like, if that's if that's your worry, then you know, then you can get behind Black Lives Matter. And if you have saying. never had to worry about your life leave your house as far as like interacting with the cops, like I just want to just tell this quick story and you can decide whether or not you want to keep it in, uh, Jesse. But recently, as recently as November, December? a young woman was killed in her home in front of her nephew Yeah, by the cops while the cops were performing a, I cannot stress this enough, a wellness check. Right. Her neighbor called the cops because he saw her door was ajar and called the cops and said, yo, her door is ajar. I'm nervous. Will you please go and check on her? She's okay. And within moments, the police showed up yelled at her and killed her. Yeah. She was playing video games with her nephew. Right. If you have never had to worry about calling the cops for any reason, that is why we say black lives matter. And we're not saying that your life does not matter. We're saying, take the time to realize that there are people in this world, in your country, your next door neighbors who are, who do not call the cops. Like for, for instance, my upstairs neighbors are loud all the time, all the time. They argue a lot, a lot. And like recently the, the arguing has gotten like loud to where I feel like I can't tell if something's being thrown or if people are being hit. If I were sure that my neighbor wasn't black, I would call the cops. Wow. But because I don't know if my neighbor is black or not, I cannot even call the cops to be like, yo, wow. somebody, something is happening and it might be domestic upstairs. 
because I don't want guns blazing right on wow. this on a black man or because I don't know I don't know my neighbors I don't know if I don't know what their ethnicity is but or what their race is but if I call the cops and it's a black man or a POC man and they're not even really fighting that hard they're just yelling at each other and throwing shit and something happens to them I will feel responsible yeah I can't awesome. even call the cops for a wellness thing on my neighbors because I don't know if they're black or not because you can't trust the cops yeah because they've proven that over and over again yeah yeah and they will come in and like shoot first and ask questions never yeah and i know personally two cops who are incredible guys like my father there you go yeah three number three (laughs) yeah there are incredible cops out there like being a cop is one of the most terrifying hardest jobs in the world Mm -hmm. and if you become a a cop you basically become a hero for your community Mm -hmm. and cops need to hold themselves to a high bar and like we all recognize that and that's why this is so upsetting is because there's so many people who hold that office who are abusing it making all other cops look bad and then to say like you know to say in response to black lives matter that all lives matter or blue lives matter completely minimizes the experience that the that black people are trying to tell us they are having you know and mm-hmm. like it completely minimizes your experience which is like so upsetting it like makes me want to cry like really upsets mm-hmm. me um i also i mean i have to say I, how much i appreciate you sharing your experience because like you and i've been friends for a while now but i'm still like some of these your stories still shock me you know because like i'm white i've never <laughs> i have not lived this experience and your uh. stories like still I'm still flabbergasted that that is the way that you move through the world because, you know, because I know you and you move in the same circles that I do. And, um, you are a more competent, uh, professional person than I am in the world, you know, like you just, you hold yourself really well and you are out there like doing real shit. And the fact that like you experience the world so differently from me because of the color of your skin is like, it just really deeply disturbs me and worries me for the future of, of humanity. Like we gotta, we gotta learn how to hear what other people are saying and have some empathy. I really appreciate you saying that. And was what well, I laughed when you said it, because a lot of my life I have been taught that if I hold myself a specific way, then I won't get in tr- like my, I won't be, I'm less likely to be targeted. Mm, yeah, thank you. I yeah. couldn't think of the word, but yeah, out in the streets. And so, but the, the two things to say to that one, it's not exactly true anymore. Philando Castile was, um, a lunch man, like a, t- a teacher at a school and served lunch to kids at a school. Um, and he was one of the young men who were shot in his car. Um, he was armed, but he didn't pull the gun on the officer. He told the officer, I have a gun. I'm not reaching for it. I'm, I'm reaching for my wallet. And then boom, 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 he got shot. And he was like, picture perfect. He did everything. They pulled over. He had a seatbelt on. He said, yes, sir, this is what I'm doing. I have, I'm showing you my hands. I'm, I'm moving slowly. He did everything right and everything respectable, respectably. And he still got shot and he still got his life taken from him. Wow. So like, while I've been taught to be this super professional person out in the streets because I don't want, and also because like, the second thing that I had to say to that is, if I were to get shot by the cops, I just posted a sexy picture on Instagram, like one of the first ever. And I'm like (laughs) super excited about it. And I'm excited to be exploring that, that version of myself for the internet. I think the internet's also excited about it. (laughs) Thank you. But like to, 
if I were a, if I were a girl who like had guns, right? And like my picture was like me being sexy with like a gun in my hand. Uh-huh. If I were to get shot by the cops, they pull that picture and say, yeah. "Look at this girl who got shot by the cops." Yeah, not the five-time beauty pageant winner, right. not the like, not the Gregory you know, Awards host and winner. Do you know what I mean? Winner, like they won't, yeah. they won't pull any of those good things. Yeah. They will pull the the picture that helps the the police fight their case of like, oh, right. she deserved right. To have her life taken from her right. on a simple traffic stop. That's so true. And it's that's something that that's the type of thing that Black Mirror is like examining is like Yeah. Like what are we what are we making when we create social media profiles? Yeah. Like what are we actually doing? It's really changed how I use social media. Um it's made me really bad at it because mm-hmm. what I like to share is my content. <laughs> you know, like I'm making so much right now and i love everything that i'm making and i want to put it out in the world and i'm pouring all my creativity into all of these projects and then wanting to put them out in the world and that's what i want to share on social media so my facebook is like i i have a a a business page on facebook that is that i share all my podcasts and shit on and i don't use my personal page much anymore at all because it was just me sharing my podcasts over and over yeah. facebook is for people to kind of check in about their day and to like share pictures yeah. of their lives and to talk to each other and and i really wasn't using it that way because i got uh, i used to a lot but i started to get really uncomfortable with the idea of like building this portfolio of my opinions your life. and locations and stuff yeah and i it's and oh, i just turned off the whole check in thing unless yeah. My sister still has it on, and so like if I go out with her, she'll check me into a place, and I won't accept it until I've left. Yeah. Like I still don't do that. I still don't do the check in. I don't do the. I'm still working on what I believe Facebook should be, and what because Instagram was purchased by Facebook, so right. So now it's like y'all think that you're leaving Facebook for Instagram. You're leaving Facebook for Facebook with pictures. Right. So yeah, that um, really that really bothers me too. Cause like Instagram was my alternative solution and I don't yeah. even post that much there, but I do, I'm on it all the time looking at what my friends are up to. I love it. Yeah. You have a really great video of me and not my best form. Cause that's the thing, like, because I've been so raised in respectability politics, like cussing was like never a thing, you know? And so like, even on this podcast where I cuss a lot, like, <laughs> I know that it would be weird for even my parents to listen to. Like when you got that video of me basically cussing out that dumbass Bowser. Uh, oh yeah! Oh my god! On my Instagram, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's and so I funny. was just like, uh, like yeah, bitch, yeah, take that in the like I don't know, I don't remember what I said. Fuck you, ho! Take yeah. that in the mouth or some shit. Yeah, something like and, that. <laughs> and I'm like, I know that that's how I am 24 seven, but there are people out there who don't know that side of me, especially people who like knew how I was raised in church and blah blah blah. And so, like, there are different facets and different things that you put on for people, which I think leads back to what we were talking about earlier about how people don't get to see who you are fully. But why? Why did we talk about that? What was that? It was in it was in reference to the the show. I'm also trying to tie it back into the show because we went on on a Black Lives Matter tangent, and I don't yeah. want people to be like, once again, we're talking about race. Um, <laughs> so uh, we should bring it back to the Black Mirror, so I can not be in this Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Right well, yeah. I mean, fuck. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, yeah. I want to get us. We'll we'll get we'll get. <laughs> I want to get us back to Black Mirror. I have one yeah. last thing to say. Do it. Which is that you know obviously I'm white, and I remember the first time I heard of the Black Lives Matter movement, um, 
And I remember the first time I heard someone say, well, all lives matter instead mm. of black lives matter. And there's a part of me that's like, well, of course, all lives matter. Like, I'm, I'm not black and my life matters. Of course, that's true. Um, and it gave me pause for a second. But, but then someone, you know, but then like, if you look at the, the movement at all, and you realize what it's about, and you realize what it stands for, it is not excluding anyone who's not black. Yeah. And, and sometimes it just takes a minute to learn that, to understand something. Yeah. And, and it is okay to change your opinion about things. It is okay for white people to learn things and say, oh, okay, my instinctual reaction to this was incorrect because yeah. I didn't understand the thing and to change how you feel about it. And now I feel like, now I feel it when someone says all lives matter, I feel upset because I'm like, well, you don't understand. Like, you don't get it. You don't get what this movement is trying to say. And, you know... And it's, and I'm just saying that like white people need to do that as a white person, we need to do that. We need to be listening and changing how we think and feel about things based off of what we're hearing from our communities of color. Yeah. Anyway, black mirror. And that's the space news. And that's the space <laughs> news. Uh, I'm exhausted. This was, yeah. this was hard, um, but like really kind of cathartic. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I, I'll say again how much I appreciate you sharing your experience because it's experience that I don't have. And like, the more I hear from you about what it's like to live in this country as, as a woman of color, the more I can appreciate how much we really need to change. And, and I really hope we can get there. John Hamm was great in this episode. He honestly really was. <laughs> to, he truly, I, truly I was. got to change the subject because we're never no. going to make it. Yeah, we're not. Um, he really was i think that uh oh but going back to being blocked i think that's yeah. where we started off like blocking people yeah but like i just feel like that what you said earlier about how it was what is really like unrealistic to, oh, block, to block somebody everyone. yeah 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 do you know what i mean yeah um so that is uh all in all i did like this episode i think it's a great episode i think it shows us a lot about who we are as human beings um and i put it at an eight yeah, yeah. eight and a half I feel like I'm a little lower because of the unrealisticness of it and because of the extremeness of the of humans' willingness to torture each other. Yeah. Um, I feel like if you... I really love what this episode is doing and I feel like if you back off like a degree from where, you, where they went, it might have been uh -huh. more effective because it could have been closer to reality in a way that we might empathize more and kind of connect the dots more from ourselves to what's happening on the screen. And I feel like this episode was almost like for me personally, like almost a classic, but like didn't mm -hmm. quite make it there because it went a little too far in its own premises. Yeah. If that makes sense. So for me, it's like, it a, does. like also like a six and a half or a seven, like the same as Waldo. No. Like, like these two episodes, I like the sci-fi concept so much more in white Christmas, mm -hmm. but the execution of the Waldo moment I found to be more effective. Um, so they kind of even out as experiences for me, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah. Well, I feel like we should wrap this up because that was such a heavy conversation. I don't yeah. know how I could keep talking at this point. Me either. I'm sorry that yeah. I took it there. I couldn't help it. Oh, please don't apologize. Like I, I, we have to go there, you know, like we, if we, we, I don't know, humanity needs to go there. And if we can go there, like you and I, then that's like the least we can do. You know what I mean? yes yeah and and the other space nerds listening as well they came there with us if you're still here you came there with us and we appreciate absolutely it. and if this is the last episode you ever listened to 
We'll see you later. <laughs> then also, you're welcome for the education. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't get it here, you'd get it from somewhere else and probably not as friendly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And we love you, even if you need to change we your do. opinions. We still we love do. you. Yeah. We do. People, I, I love people. I know people that have some racist tendencies that they wouldn't necessarily even know were racist or like have recognized are racist but are like knowing that they need to change that and i love those people you know it's like the unwillingness to change it's the seeing that you have hate in your heart and being unwilling to let go of it that is what i can't provide so as long as you're not that person we're happy you're here (laughs) and if you are that person please try to change yeah Um, yeah well, if you want to hear us talk about Animal Crossing and Stardew Valley, we've got that up on the, the Space Nerds patron cast at patreon.com slash Space Nerds podcast. And we would love for you to support us so we can have Alexandria come in person more often when the coronavirus yeah. is over because gas is expensive. Um, and also help me post this show every month, which I'm paying for and have been paying for for a very long time. And it's very expensive over over the course of years and i would love some help but anyway um thank you guys for listening do you have any other final thoughts alexandria absolutely wash your hands yes cover your cough with your elbow yes let's just like take shaking hands away from the foreseeable future and um i think that's about it wash your hands cough into your elbow and listen to the to the social distancing recommendations like stay home Stay Stay the fuck home. Listen to all over 150 episodes of this podcast. Um, Have a good time with it. You can see the evolution of this show into what it is today. (laughs) Keep it spacey, baby. Spacey. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Until next time, stay nerdy out there. Space Nerds is listener funded through Patreon. To support the show and gain access to bonus content, sign up at patreon.com slash space nerds podcast. If you love this show, help us spread the word by sharing it on your favorite social media platform or leaving us a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you can find our show. If you have a question or comment you'd like the Space Nerds to discuss in the next episode, email us at spacenerdspodcast at gmail.com. To browse our complete library of episodes or check out my sci-fi synth-pop music and music videos, visit my website at jessemercury.com. Keep it spacey, baby!